Hello, uh, this podcast is taken from uh, uh, Oxford Dictionary of National Biography about uh, uh, William Corbett. William Corbett, 1763 to 1835, political writer and farmer, was born on 9th March 1763 in Pognum, Surrey. The third of four children of George Cobbett, publican and farmer, and his wife Annie Vincent, early life in the army. As a youth, Cobbett worked chiefly as a ploughboy and gardener. He frequently boasted in adult life that he was bred at a plough tail. Although he vaguely recalled attending school for a brief period, during his youth, Corbett learned his letters at home, chiefly from his father. In 1783, longing for new horizons and adventure, he attempted to enlist in the Royal Navy, though by uh, inadvertence he found himself in a marching regiment, the West Norfolk 54th Foot. For the first year of his enlistment, Corbett was uh, stationed at the Chatham, where he walked at his military exercises and read uh, voraciously novels, plays, history, poetry, all were read. Uh, he later wrote, and nearly with equal avidity. Between 1785 and 1791, while stationed in New Brunswick, Corbett put his knowledge of English grammar and led us to good effect, quickly becoming clerk to his regiment and rising from the rank of corporate to uh, sergeant major. In his office as a clerk, Corbett believed that uh, he encountered instances of peculiar peculation by the officers of his regiment, and upon returning to England and receiving his military discharge in 1791, wrote an anonymous pamphlet to titled The Soldier's Friend, 1792. A passionate indictment of the harsh treatment and poor pay of the common soldiers. At the same time, Corbett attempted to launch a court-martial against the offending officers, and when this threatened to rebound on Corbett himself, he and his new wife, Nancy and Reed, 1774-1848, an Englishwoman who he had first met in New Brunswick and married at Woolwich on 5th February 1792, fled to France for six months and subsequently to the United States, where they remained uh, from 1790-1800. In America, 1792-1800. For the first 18 months of his American residence, Corbett was employed tutoring French emigres in the English language, but in the summer of 1794 he ventured into American public press by authoring a pamphlet that vehemently denounced the scientist and democrat Dr. Joseph Priestley, who had recently fled Britain and been jubilantly received by Republican and Democratic supporters at New York. For the next five years, usually under the pen name of Peter Porcupine, 
Corbett wrote numerous pamphlets and newspapers articles. He subsequently collected and reprinted his American writings in Porcupine's Works, 12 volumes, 1801, which vigorously condemned the French Revolution as well as other expressions of democratic and republican thought. He characterized Thomas Paine, for example, as an unconsignable dog, a wretched traitor and apostate, and a man famous for nothing but his blasphemy and his hatred of England. W. Corbett, uh, Porcupine's work, uh, 165 Political Register, January 1803. As an anti-Jacobin polemicist, Corbett identified his politics most closely with the Federalist, the pro-British and anti-French faction. Under the leadership of Alexander Hamilton, while taking angry aim at the pro-French, Jacobin sympathizing democratic faction led by Thomas Jefferson. And despite his high profile in the United States, Corbett always remained ambivalent towards American culture and society and when pressed by a severe liberal case in 1800, he and his family, which now included a daughter Anne and a son William, packed their belongings and set sail for England. Corbett's favorite message to Americans observed that when people care not to straws for each other, ceremony at pourings is mere grimace. The Porcupine and the Political Registered The government of William Pitt, delighted with the Corbett's contributions to the anti-Jacobin cause, immediately offered him control over a government-owned newspaper. But Corbett declined the offer, preferring to launch his own daily newspaper, and thus to maintain at least the appearance of independence. Corbett's daily paper, The Porcupine, bearing the motto, Fear God, Honor the King, was duly launched on 30 October 1800, but circulation remained low, and late in 1801, he sold his interest in it. Within a few months, however, it began the political register, a periodical which was published almost without exception, every week between January 1802 and Corbett's death in 1835, totaling 89 volumes or some 42,000 pages. The political register is the most important and detailed record of Corbett's career. Most of his 20 books were serialized in the register in the whole or in part, and in almost each issue he set forth his political and social viewpoints in the leading article an editorial innovation that Corbett himself introduced to English journalism. Between 1809 and 1812, Corbett was jointly involved the editing and publishing of Corbett's complete collection of state trials, and between 1804 and 1812, he was active in collecting and printing parliamentary debate from the Norman conquest onward. Owing to financial difficulties, he sold his shares in both projects in 1812. As the purchaser of the latter was T.C. Hansard, it might be said that the official record of parliamentary proceedings 
that today is called Hansard could justly be termed Cobbett. Cobbett's political commentary in the early numbers of register was thoroughly anti-Jacobin. But by 1804, he began questioning the financial and political policies of the government. Under William Pitt's administration, Cobbett complained the growing national debt and numerous awards of unmerited sinecures were beggaring the country and heartening animosity between those who pay taxes and those who lived off taxes. At first, Corbett's answer was to support the election of more independent country gentlemen to parliament. But by 1807, he was lending his support to Francis Burdett, John Cartwright, and other campaigners for parliamentary reform. At the same time, Corbett became increasingly obsessed with financial issues, especially the national debt and the government's increasing reliance upon paper money. He opposed these trends for the rest of his days, regularly decrying government debts and paper currencies in his writings, notably in his Paper Against Gold, 1815. By the early 1820s, Corbett was convinced that the debt was too large ever to be paid off, and accordingly vowed to roast himself on a gridroin if the government could restore payment in specie without defaulting on the debt. Henceforth, Corbett and his critics included sketches of uh, gridorians in their writings and cartoons. Corbett and Rural England during the early 1800s, the register focused chiefly on metropolitan politics, but gradually, from 1805 onwards, Corbett became increasingly concerned with uh, rural England, particularly the economic hardship of farm workers. In 1805, he purchased a farm at uh, Botley in Hampshire, and it was here that Corbett saved for the year 1810 and 12 which he spent imprisoned in Newgate after he was uh, prosecuted by the government for publicly criticizing uh, the flogging of several uh, militiamen at Eddy, together with his wife and four children, made his primary residence between 1805 and 1817. Life at uh, Botley was happy for the Corbett's political reformers were frequently guests and the Corbett family became deeply involved in Hampshire rural society and in the daily routine of farming. As many Russell Milford observed in 1806, uh, Corbett's uh, ready hospitality together with his uh, ruddy complexion, red waistcoat, ample mind section, midsection, and twinkling eye gave him the appearance of a great English human of the old time. Um, similarly, William Hedgelitz uh, saw in Corbett a Georgian gentleman farmer who speaks and drinks plain, broad, downright English. Corbett's countryman appearance came as a surprise to some observers, such as the Tory adversary at Hampshire Country Meeting in 1813 who nearly mistook Corbett for 
one of the innocent vacuum eaters of the new forest. Wisely, uh, the same commentator went on to observe that when I knew that I was covered, you may believe I did not allow his placid easy smile to take me in. Letters of Timothy Tickler, Esquire, Blackfoot's Edinburgh Magazine, 1823. Radicalism and its price. The years 1816-17 were important but difficult ones for Corbett. The massive demobilization which followed the end of the Napoleonic Wars in 1815 together with the, the disastrous grind harvest of 1816 brought acute hunger and unemployment to the countryside. Corbett's response was to launch a mass circulation broadsheet edition of the political resistors, priced at 2D. It was derisively labeled two-penny trash by its detractors, a title that Corbett gleefully adopted for the new venture, in which he urged English workers not to riot, but to pursue parliamentary reform as a great answer to their economic plight. The election of radical reformers to parliament, he argued, would ensure lower taxes, fuller employment, and uh, increased earnings of all working people. The first cheap register alone sold 44,000 copies in the first month, and Home Office records for 1816-17 indicate that its distribution was sufficiently widespread to cause great concern to the government, particularly to the Home Secretary, uh, Lord Smith, who Early in 1817, rushed several acts through Parliament in an attempt to reverse the growth of public support of parliamentary reform. 